Hello there. My name's Mark. <laughs> the Canardy and Charlie's throwing game signs already. That's what I knew. That's what I've seen. You were away last week. I forgot about the game I know. signs, and now you're well, back. I'm just, I'm just glad oh. to be back. It's, it's, it's solid. Yeah, we were out. Uh, my wife and I went and saw America. No, we went out to mm-hmm. Las Vegas for Star Trek Las Vegas, which actually, uh, if you listen to um, the Code 47 feed, uh, my wife April and I did record a special about, uh, talking about our experience here, kind of compare contrast yeah. with the Star Trek cruise. Um, regardless, right. we had fun. You know, we saw a lot of America doing it and you know, visited some national parks and all this kind of good stuff. So, um, awesome. but uh, yeah, regardless, it's good to be back. Good to be talking, uh, talking about Star Wars. I mean, because again, even though I've, I've rotated my desk and right now you're looking at, it's a rare occasion that I get to show my figures because you'll see the glass black window in the upper right-hand corner if you're watching us on YouTube usually has sun pouring through it so I don't get to showcase my figures but here you see my Indiana Jones stuff the Star Trek kind of the the Marvel villains and then my Cosmic Marvel and then my beloved uh, uh Mark and I were talking in the pre-roll about how much we love Captain America the Winter Soldier which was my OG original favorite MCU film but I digress absolutely absolutely one of the yeah, one of if not my absolute top like standalone, like you said, not yeah, not like Endgame or whatever, you know, competing with that. But uh, as far as that's kind of standalone and and even you know so much just emotional weight to it and just totally um, yeah, so much to it. Uh, anyway, I got off track very quickly there. This is episode nine <laughs> of the Holocron Chronicles podcast, and uh, you may have noticed. Because we've been chatting for a couple of minutes already and no one else is chatting, or if you're watching on YouTube, it's very evident, uh, there is no guest this week. It's just Charlie and I, and we have some stuff cooking with Shadows of the Empire and some older stuff that we're going to be talking about coming up because we don't want to talk about new stuff. We don't want to talk about new shows and everything with the, the, the writer strike and the actor strike going on right now. We basically just, uh, you know, we feel like we want to just let that happen, support that in in the the small ways that we can. We've made a donation to the Actors Fund through Secret Friends Unite, uh, and we, um, you know, we're we're gonna try to pivot the show. So we were going to cover Ahsoka. We're we're no longer really planning on doing that unless some things change. So um, I think the next one we have lined up, Charlie, is the Shadows of the Empire episode. Yes. We've got to do some research because it's been like 20 years. I was 12 yeah, 20, when it came out. T- over 25 years. And, you know, it was kind of my yeah. idea. We're going to we're gonna take impressions. Uh, again, you know, th- that summer of 1996 when that came out, I was 20. I was in college. Uh, Todd, who's, who was our other uh, secret friend, Major Domo, uh, and John, uh, who was our other founding secret friend. We were all roommates at the time and kind of experienced uh, to just a tee it up the um the the phenomenon that was a everything but the film of a of a star wars experience so you had a comic series you had a soundtrack you had a video game you had a novel which was obviously the primary driving force and you also had a a signature toy line um Mm -hmm. so we're going to talk all about that in our next episode we're gonna we're gonna do some research break it down um, and hopefully inspired you to go back and check this out uh, and relive the summer of 1996 because that was it was kind of a special time. It was before the special editions. It was clearly after um, the the last death rattle of Star Wars on TV at the time, which was you know Caravan of Courage and the Ewok Adventures and Droids the Cartoon series. Um, and it was the it was the last 
non-film event before we got the special editions that that then segued into the prequels and then you know kind of where we are now so yeah look for that in our next episode i'm kind of excited and whether it's just you and i talking about it, i think we might bring todd in i've been trying okay. to entice i've been trying to entice john to join us but he's a little reluctant says he doesn't remember anything but you know i'm a salesman i'm gonna keep keep i'm gonna keep working on him so john, we'll see but none of us remember anything i was 12 it's 20 something years ago like i yeah. i didn't know until fairly recently that all the other stuff existed. I knew of the Nintendo 64 game because it was right, one of sure. two Nintendo 64 games and my parents knew I liked Star Wars. We got a Nintendo like, 64. <laughs> it was like Mario Kart and that game. And I remember right. playing the hell out of that. And then I think I had like one, maybe two figures from the, the figure line, but it was just because I collected those re-released Star it Wars figures, like the small ancillary. ones. And I, yeah. I think I had... But yeah, because the, so the, the the power of the force line came out in 1995. <clears throat> it was a ridiculous line. You got very anthropomorphized versions of Luke, Leia, Han. Everybody was way too muscular. It was Super just, and buff. then they 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 kind of they moved it on to to this line. But again teasing up obviously what we're going to talk about next time because yeah, it's uh exactly, yeah the, exactly. the 90s for for star wars was very weird but anyway so yeah lots of research going into that one we may even break it up into two episodes or something like that if we want to cover like video game and this and that whatever so that we we're, we have some planning to do so we figured in the meantime it's been a little while i think we, we I, i'm assuming we have some new listeners uh it's been a while since we really introduced ourselves I mean, we comment every once in a while. There'll be questions that we ask our guests. I think the the how would you die in the Star Wars universe, we've answered <laughs> that ourselves a couple of times. Right. Um, but some of this other stuff people may not know. And uh, we were coming up with this. And my wife actually was the one that, that, that kind of said, you know, well, and I was trying to think like, what can Charlie and I do if we don't find a guest and, you know, if we don't have like a, a big topic. And um, she said like, why don't you just, talk about yourselves have you ever done that i was like probably like probably when we started episodes ago i don't know yeah but it's been my god we started this show in the end of 2020 if i'm well, not mistaken yeah, I mean, every you know, two weeks we're at 69 yeah. episodes so that's, yeah uh, i mean it's uh, not long after I started code, but, but anyway, before we get that, let me jump in uh, and talk about our fantastic Patreons. These are the people yeah. who support us on various levels. They give us the opportunity to do some additional content. I'm very privileged to be able to do my Facts of Geek, Geek Life show where myself and the guests talk about a classic season of a classic television series. My wife, April, and I do, uh, we have one coming up where we talk about a terrible movie and a bad trip uh, to the movies with the Cardins, which is a lot of fun. Mark, you've done your Canadians Corner. I know you've got some other stuff in the mix todd's got todd's got his fan splain show um so it's a lot of fun um if you visit patreon.com slash secret friends unite you're able to actually uh sample our wares for a full week for free um and then hopefully stay on uh and enjoy what we have to offer but in the meantime we'd love to give some love and respect uh to jamie prinky on the best buds level of our patreon support over on uh, the bfs level sean Silla and henry nias the wonderful nias fan Family, been with us since the start my dear mm -hmm. friend and co-contributor missy merchant and her great pal andy milliken we are very happy to have you on board and to give us support again patreon.com slash secret friends unite uh elect for uh any level 
and do a free trial. You'll be able to check out our content, and we're, we're pretty excited about that. Also, you can find us over on YouTube, Secret Friends Unite. Subscribe, see Mark and I uh, talking here, uh, see our, my, my Trek friends over on Code 47, see Todd and I talking on Secret Friends Unite uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, like, share, and subscribe. Spread the word, because that, that helps us with our visibility. So uh, that's the end of my advertising content. Mark, back to you to do some more. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, definitely um, follow us in all those places and we appreciate the support. It's uh, it's fantastic. Um, let, let's get right into it. I I know bits and pieces. I, I remember kind of the the vague story, but I, I'd love kind of a refresher. Charlie, how did you get into Star Wars? You know, that's an easy one. I was, I'm a bicentennial baby. I was born in 1976, uh, early in 1976. Uh, Star Wars dropped Memorial Day weekend, 1977. Okay, so I, I was too young uh, to go to the movies, really. And the action figure line of Star Wars, very famously, um, the story goes back if you research, you know, the early bird releases and things like that, was not mm. available on a retail source from uh, Kenner uh, until the, uh, really actually till Christmas of 1978. Uh, and they, they sold little uh, little uh, early bird certificates. My wife has a story that her brother, who is a few years older than us, my wife and I are the same age, um, that that my, my in-laws did purchase those for him. And at the end of it, he had a near full set on that cool standee. And actually, when, wow. April, when April and I were on our way back uh, from Las Vegas, we stopped at Kokomo Toys in Kokomo, Indiana, one of the most famous uh, toy stores in the nation. And they have a complete set of the early bird um action figures on that standee for like 1200 bucks obviously that, that I, I'm, I'm not a vintage toy collector so that was a, of no interest to me but it's really cool to see it not that it was in the greatest shape but it was really cool to see it in the flesh um so anyway again by the time i hit um about four years old uh you know we're at memorial day of 1980 the empire strikes back is coming out um Clearly, and again, you know, I'm four years old, so how hazy is your memory when you're when you're that old, right? You can't necessarily, especially at my age, I'm almost 50 years old. What do you remember, right? But I do very clearly remember that my dad, uh, you know, we all lived back in the Metro Detroit uh, area at that time before I moved to West Michigan when I was eight or nine years old. I was four at the time. My dad took my brother and I to the theater. I'm assuming it's probably the theater at Eastland Mall in Harper Woods on the east side of the Metro Detroit, which is where I grew up. And back in those days, there was no, you know, pre-flix or Maria Menounos talking about movies and stuff. There was simply looking at the screen an out of focus white picket fence. That was what you had before any kind of trailers or anything aired. I don't even know if any trailers aired because honestly, I have two memories of that occasion, which again, this was Memorial Day or probably the summer of 1980. So I was <clears throat> four, four and a half years old. Um, I remember the out of focus white picket fence. And I then remember <clears throat> to keep time, my brother and my dad and myself played rock, paper, scissors to pass the time. Literally, that's where my memory of the event stopped. I don't know anything about the movie. The first thing that I remember about the film, which Empire Strikes Back, as I've said, definitely my favorite Star Wars film, um, takes place probably five years later, four and a half, five years later, when my mom, you know, again, my parents split up when I was young. So my mom and my brother and I moved over to West Michigan. I live in Grand Rapids, so it's the area that I'm in now. 
my my mom had a friend who was an early bootlegger with VHS tapes, had mm. a bootleg copy of The Empire Strikes Back. However, the first probably 15, 20 minutes of it were like scrambled like like porn on the place, the, like on the Playboy <laughs> station. So it was yeah. fuzzy. And because I watched this tape so many times, I could tell you at the exact moment when the fuzz, the fuzziness came back into focus, it was literally uh, on the Superstar Destroyer. Vader is standing there with, you know, his admirals, with his senior naval officers. And one of them, you know, is saying, blah, 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 something about this probe in the Haas system. The picture mm. comes back in and Vader says, that's there. That is the system. And from there, I get to see the rest of the movie. So that first, like I said, I'd have to check the time codes, but the first 15 to 20 minutes of Luke, yeah. the, 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 the Wampa, him being rescued by Han, being in the back to tank, you know the super awkward kiss between luke and leia all yeah. just up, and then we get to the rebels are there and then the movie's clear but again we're talking about the very earliest of vhs bootleg tapes of people taping stuff and like i saw this on tv or a buddy of mine owned the vhs cassette which at that time were a hundred bucks american if you wanted to buy a vhs tape it was completely insane and mark if i'm not mistaken this was right around the time you were born because you were born in 84 86 83 84 84, 84. there you go oh just a baby um but yeah but yeah no that's what and i know that i I know and you'll segue into your experience but that was my experience there so that was you know um in 1980 you know between 1980 and 1985 uh, Mm -hmm. i grew up in gross point michigan again it's a suburb of metro detroit i went to mayor elementary school very clearly remember that in the middle of a weekday uh, of the school week my mother god bless her heart 1983 pulled my brother and i out of school probably on a tuesday or wednesday to go see the empire strikes back and you always had that one little friend who's a snitch who's like i'm not telling you that your mom pulled you out of school to see star wars blah blah hey you know what suck it kid uh, i can almost remember that that kid's name was chris can't remember his last name we were friends but he was kind of a jackass because i think he tried to snitch on me but you know mm-hmm. what doesn't matter it's star wars baby there's there's no rules so i would i would compare contrast that experience and again same vicinity i grew up in a very tiny little codicil of a community grew up on a street called Lorraine. Lorraine dead-ended into a street that had uh, Mayor Elementary, which was my school. On the other side of it was a shopping district called The Village in Gross Point, which had a drugstore called the Notre Dame Pharmacy, which sold comic books, mm. for in which I picked up my very first Marvel comic. This was long before my lifelong love affair with, 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 with comic book characters, which you can clearly see behind me. I picked up Star Wars, Marvel Comics, Volume 1, Issue 65, uh, Galroth Never Forgets. I have a framed copy of it upstairs in my house. And that was the beginning of my love of comic books. That, plus Indiana Jones, which I which I started with number one, my other great love you can see behind me. Um, so I would say, in essence, to pare it down, Star Wars, without a doubt, now again, we're leading my up to 1985. I was nine years old, without a doubt, shaped my love of fandom and, and shaped my childhood, um, kind of within those parameters. What What was the moment you knew you were a fan? You've had all these, you know, you remember the picket fence when you were tiny, so you were exposed. But what was the time when you said, 
when you realized that you could get a Star Wars tattoo and not regret it? When was the time that you because <laughs> I do you you thought you know I'm going to be inching closer to fifty and still wanting to talk about Star Wars? What was what was that moment for you? Do you, do you it, or is it one specific moment, or is it just this amalgamation of all of these? You know, you, you, put, stories. you put together those things, you know, the blurry VHS copy, the, the, the seeing, you know, Empire for the first time and, and, and having a focus. But I think if you were to pare it down to something where kind of worlds collide, you know, I'm a lifelong comic book guy that started in 1982 when I picked up Star Wars 65 there at the Notre mm-hmm. Dame Pharmacy. I, I hasten to say that would probably be the moment that both Star Wars and then I, uh, reading comics, beyond just reading, you know, back in the old days, we had the Sunday newspaper with the big, you know, comic book, you know, comic strip section, which I read because, you know, the Detroit, the Detroit Free Press, my mom was, a, there are two newspapers in Detroit. There was the news and the Free Press. My mom loved the Free Press. So that's what we, that's what we got to the house. Uh, and that had the comic section. You had, you know, Peanuts and later on Calvin and Hobbes and all that kind of different stuff. But for me, picking up, that first comic and then also you know indiana jones uh which is part and parcel to to star wars because of kind of some shared you know creative brain trust that put it all together 1982 1983 cemented my fandom and being able to kind of always having star wars in my dna because again though i was born before star wars it was a national phenomenon you know, you got to remember this is a film that when it came out, George Lucas himself didn't think it would amount to anything. He was so terrified that when it came out, he and his best buddy, Steven Spielberg, flew to Hawaii, spent the week in Hawaii where they actually broke the story for Raiders of the Lost Ark, famous great story, because they were terrified to see box office receipts or any kind of reception to Star Wars. And again, if you looking at photographs of, of L.A. at the time, the Grumman's Chinese Theater, lines were around the block and it was a phenomenon that stayed in the theater for probably two years because there was no home video market it was the only people were like hey mark what are you doing on saturday night let's go see star wars for the 48th time why not it cost 25 cents let's go to the movies you know what i mean so it was it was no different than like hey mark let's watch you know star wars on disney plus boop you know put it on it was was kind of the same thing so from that point obviously at some juncture in and around 1980, I, it was just, it was laden into the culture of young boys in our time. Uh, and again, I embraced it in a way that, you know, th- that it was my way to always feel a way to stay young, feel a way to stay vital. So, hey, you know, it's better than, you know, uh, having a midlife crisis and buying a sports car. You know what I mean? We we do this. I collect action figures, you know, and, and I enjoy it. And again, my rule with action figures, I don't know if I've mentioned it on other shows. Anytime I buy a figure, whether it be in person, I order something online, I get it in my hands, I bring it home, and I hand it to my wife, April, to open. So, <laughs> so that she always knows what I've got. Uh, and if she, she's never asked, but I'll, you know, therefore tell her what I paid for it. But, but that way, everything kind of that you see here um, is equalized in that fashion. Fair. That's good. Uh, for me, I'm going to go same, same question. So that's how we're going to basically do this, I guess, is, uh, is, is one for one. We'll just go through yeah. the questions that we usually ask our guests and answer them yourself. So my, my getting into star Wars, like I said, born the tail end of 84, 
So missed the first theatrical runs of all the movies. But at that point, Star Wars was everywhere. So like early memories before I ever saw the films, and I was probably eight, nine, ten years old before I saw any of the movies in, in any real fashion. But I remember like summers we'd go, you know, to my grandparents' place and like they'd have, you know, spare toothbrushes or something that we could have there or whatever. And it was always like they just went out and they bought like Star Wars toothbrushes for us. So they, they'd right. have little right, Star they're in the Wars stores. things, right? Like it was just always yeah. like so I like yeah. it was always just something I knew. There was always Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker. I knew these names from the time like a time before I knew names, you know what I mean? Like it was just like, they were some of the first characters that I remember knowing existed. And you hear the catchphrases of, you know, Luke, I am your father, which doesn't actually exist, but was kind Misquote. of like, that yes. was the, the misquoted thing that was just everywhere and parodied on every single cartoon from, you know, whatever, uh, the Simpsons, Bugs Bunny, whatever, it was. <laughs> anything you <laughs> yeah, watched, yeah, yeah. it was just there. Right. Yeah. Um, but I really got into Star Wars with VHS copies uh, that my aunt owned. And I'd go over uh, my right. grandparents' place and uh, she still lived with them at the time. And I remember, you know, we'd go into her room because she had some of the action figures and stuff like that. But in this little glass kind of bookshelf she had or cabinet or whatever, she, she had the copies of the VHS uh, and a few books and and whatever else she and and Star Trek stuff. You'd like my aunt, man. She was uh, oh yeah. Was, hey, you know, if I Star ever Trek, make my, Wars. ever wake my way make my way up to CBI, yeah, you make that introduction. I'm down with that. Absolutely. Uh, she makes some 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 mean uh, some mean salsa too. I got to get some. Ooh, salsa. Really I'm into stuff. it. I like um, it. We were just talking about that. My brother and I were talking about that earlier. Um, which, yep, just all coming together. Uh, but anyway, she so she had these so. I always remember like asking, you know, what, what are these? It's like, ah, you're not really old enough. You're not really old. And then one weekend or one day I remember she said, okay, yeah, you know what? You can borrow one. You're going to borrow this first one. And at that point we got together. I think I was in like beavers or cubs or something like that. And she was one of the leaders. So it was like a weekly thing. I got to see her and hang out for a bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, so that's the age that I was in. So whatever that is, six, eight, ten, I can't remember. It's yeah, all kind of hazy. Exactly you're talking about happened, like, the equivalent, like in the U.S. of like Cub Scouts or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, that's, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. Pre pre Cub Scouts was like Beaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the yeah, younger yeah. version of it. And anyway, uh, so that was, I, I I remember being in that, and she was like, you know what? Yeah, you can watch this first one. Uh, you have it for a week. You'll get the next one next week when I see you. So go home and watch this. And it was, that was it. It was just a VHS copy that I watched and was just like, holy crap. I've never seen anything like this. I've seen Disney movies at this point, sure, but not much else, you know? So you go from like Aladdin and the little mermaid, which were great to sure. like yeah. this was Snow just James. like, oh, those, so you're saying you were 10. So we're talking about like 19, 1995, you know, 1994, 1995. Yeah. So that was, if I'm remembering my marketing correctly, there was a big re-release of those VHS tapes in the mid to early 90s because I remember it it was those tapes that 
unless okay, she had the so, originals, they had kind of that. There was a new art style to it. It was like one of them had Yoda's face and one of them was Vader's okay. face. It was that one so, or not, so not the, that one. No, it was. Okay. So I'll put this in a timeline. It was maybe a year before that came out that I watched them because those okay. were the copies that I got because okay. I loved them so much. Oh, and it wasn't okay. long after I kept wanting to borrow her set. And then yeah, those yeah. special okay. editions came out with Yoda's face, Darth Vader's face and a stormtrooper. I think yeah, and that was, and again, that's not the special editions of the film per se. No, 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 that, that, that came sweet. later, but that yeah. was the it was a re-release of the um, VHS of the VHS tapes. But yeah, the '80s ones were probably akin to what I was describing to you the the dub that my mom's friend Sean, mm-hmm. she was a work friend of hers, uh, had done for us. That was this the the bootleg. Like he had a buddy who had that tape, and then he copied it, and it was a mess. Or he did it off TV or something. It could have been off a of TV because again, it was in the early '80s. 80s that those films finally found their way onto television so that could have been that could have been it as well yeah so i don't know what copies she owned but i definitely so i can really place like if someone knows exactly when that version came out um that is when so i think i think the version you're thinking of is 95 so i definitely would have watched these when i was about nine or ten okay because it wasn't that long before I, I I got my own copy, and that was like, yeah. holy crap, that's amazing. Um, I'm just trying to read uh, read these. So that, yeah, that was 95. They featured large images images of Darth Vader, yeah, Stormtrooper, yeah. Yoda. So that was 95. There you go. So, yeah, that's that's um, what I was thinking. Perfect and time. I have, so I'm, I'm eight or nine. Yeah, and, I, and I had those set sets as well. We were I was probably in in high school, and my mom picked those up again, probably to replace the original set that we had worn out. Because again, you watch them, you know, fifty thousand times, and that's what's funny. I still think about I think about my wife and and my stepdaughter. This was obviously long before I knew her. She was born in 1994. Uh, Toy Story came out in 1995 and my wife very famously tells the story that hey i had to buy toy story like two or three times because victoria who's my daughter's name wore the cassette out watching it i mean it would be like with your son now if the stuff like bluey if he had to watch bluey over and over again and it wasn't on cassette you'd be good yeah you'd be going out and buying them every like couple of months instead of the fact that now we live in a streaming world so it's just it's you push a button and it's on and eventually your roku dies you got to go out and buy another one that's as much as you have to pay we have burnt out an Apple TV since Finn was born. Um, yeah, I've, I've gone through a lot of Roku's. They're not they're not super reliable, and I have one that I that I because I travel for work. I have one that I take with me so I can watch stuff yeah. in the hotel. But yeah, yeah. So we yeah. probably own a couple of them. But yeah, it's it's much cheaper than going out and buying VHS tapes to buy a new Roku that costs twenty twenty five bucks. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was my introduction to Star Wars is watching these week by week and the torture of having to wait a week. And I know someone that would have watched like, someone a little bit older than you that would have watched them in the theaters. It's like you're talking a week and then, you know, waiting for the the, the prequels and then the sequels. I know we like Star Wars fans. We're used yeah. to waiting. But for me at that age of eight or nine or whatever, that was like torture because I remember like what happened? What do they rescue especially the gap between empire and return of the jedi because oh, right, so it was much. it was an actual though it was not a, a a true cliffhanger um it left obviously plotted elements they're like what's going on it wasn't like you know you know for example 
the season finale of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which just happened. It was a very clear cliffhanger because at the end of it, the crew was in danger. They were under attack. And you're like, are they going to survive? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it was like at the end of Empire, it was like, yeah, everybody got to safety. But, you know, we had to leave a comrade behind and now we've got to go off and rescue him. And what's that? You know, Luke has lingering issues about is, is Vader really my father? Was he just punking me mm-hmm. out? You know, so, yeah, you had to digest this. Um, over those three years, although you did have the original run of the Marvel comics kind of running in between and and teasing it with little plot points here and there, ultimately you know rendered non canonical by uh, by by the Disney absorption and they relaunched in January 2015. They relaunched their comic series, which is considered uh, canonical. But again, you know, I started with I started about midway through that 107 issue run and read it backwards and forwards and. There were, you know, much like a lot of the EU, some of it is great and some of it is is trash. Um, but there, there are elements of those issues that, again, I'm like, I love this story. Like, you know, this great underwater story that they had or the droid world story that they had, which was transitioned into a, a book on tape that I had at one point that was just, just excellent. And it's funny because some of that stuff finds its way back into canon. Uh, the droid yeah. world, and I think Kligson was the name of the main droid in that, found its way back into canon with with Andor or Obi-Wan or something. I, I, it came back into canon recently. I'd have to look into that. Kligson was the name of the droid. It, it was really weird. That I, I, I just uh, posted... Um a story on, on Instagram or like re reshared a story to my, to my stories on Instagram of Dave Filoni speaking yeah. about yeah. how, you know, George always only considered really the, the movies and like the newer shows like Clone Wars and that kind of stuff. Canon. Right. And yeah. everything else was like, cool. What if stories? Right. Is Star so, Trek is very much the same. You had a legacy of what's now going on 60 years of non, visual entertainment so you have you know novels and and comics and things like that that again we we live in a time entertainment wise of the multiverse like hey you know what there are what if and marvel and loki and all this different stuff that has different permutations and stuff so yeah things can live in your head canon but the beauty of of star wars and and, and filoni verse and, and kind of like uh with star trek with lower decks i know mark you've sampled it is that they'll reach back to the animated Star Trek series and they'll pluck out something that they think is kind of fun or satirical yeah. and stick it in that show. It's like, now yeah. this is Canon. Now this is Canon. Yeah, that, and that's, that's exactly what he was talking about was loving being able to go back and like, he doesn't need to rewrite the book all the time. If there's something that fans are really passionate about, but yeah. he also, you know, he, he also knows that sometimes you just have to do your own thing and, and write your own story and, and forget what, the expanded you can take bits and pieces but you don't have to retell those stories exactly beat by beat uh so i can't wait to see what he's doing with with thrawn and adapting the thrawn trilogy and taking from the original eu stuff and then the newer thrawn stuff that is considered canon and all that like mixing it all up for uh for for this new this new movie or show or whatever's going to eventually happen with the mandoverse um but that's uh that's kind of yeah my my intro to star wars and and um you know, I, I eventually got through all the movies. Like I said, loved them so much. I just kept borrowing them as much as I could. Eventually mm-hmm. got my own copies and uh, and really didn't look back. I always loved Star Wars since then. It was it, the the prequels, the sequels, whatever I could get my, my eyes on. Um, and that's why I always say like Star Wars is like, what do you mean? Like people don't like something with Star Wars. Like I don't like everything that 
comes out of everything, but like it's new Star Wars. It's it's fun. Yeah. It's, I can turn my brain off and just uh, enjoy it for what it is. Um, it's, it's the same thing with me with, with a lot of different entertainment. Like, you know, for example, we had a kind of a popular opinion with Marvel recently. Secret Invasion was terrible. I didn't enjoy it. Todd didn't enjoy it. A lot of other people. They spent $200 million on something that was a dud. But you can push that off to the side and think, you know what? Hey, Loki's coming up. That looks amazing. I'm fired up about that. Or, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was fantastic. I loved it. So you can pick and choose. But even in those things that are not considered great, um, there are still elements that you can pluck out. Star Trek is very much the same. Hey, I love this series. Or I'm not high on the series, but they had this moment and that moment and, and whatever it is. It's just something to enjoy. I got to swing with a hot take right now. I enjoyed the hell out of Secret Invasion. Wow. I really, I really did. Like it literally, wasn't... literally the first person I've heard that said that because the, the vitriol over that show is broad. Um, I've, but, I've I... seen the hate online. I don't understand it. I thought it was a great character study for Nick Fury. I thought the stakes were high and real because they were just killing people off or you didn't know who was an actual scroll or who was going to come back or who was going to stay dead. And it seems like some of the main yeah. People are either dead or have been scrolls for a little while. I don't like some of the, and this is going back to the the Star Wars. I don't like every single bit. I don't like how the director of this was told not to read the comics or not to kind of pay too oh, much yeah. attention to that this sucks. or that. And made up yeah. his own kind of thing about yeah. like how long Rhodey was a scroll because it takes away some of the emotional weight of some of the past stuff. He's been a scroll for too long, so I'd, yeah, I'd yeah. prefer him being a scroll yeah. kind of after end game kind of thing yeah, um, yeah I so there agree. are bits and pieces that i can pick out of the show that i didn't like but overall i thought it was a good ground level um high stakes but like character study kind of show where you walked away from it with with a few major players that we've gotten used to over different movies and series and whatever uh taken off the table and uh, and I, I literally didn't know who was going to live or die or who was who at any given point, I thought. And I, I, I thought that was entertaining for a, a Marvel show where, you know, usually Marvel stuff, you can be like, yeah, I kind of read this comic. I know what's going to happen. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's funny because the, age of, it. the age of the age of Ultron, the, the Avengers film was that way. That was a completely separate miniseries that had absolutely nothing to do with what you saw in the film. But it was in name only, so it didn't really make much yeah. of a difference. So, hey, you know what? Again, I'm a believer uh, in, again, pairing it back to Star Trek, infinite diversity, infinite combinations. Love what you love. Don't yuck somebody else's yum. If you love Secret mm -hmm. Wars or Secret Invasion, you're the only person who said that to me. Love it. That's That, that works for me. That works for me. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. It's not going to go on like my yearly, you know, I need to watch this again. Like I'll watch yeah, yeah. Winter Soldier over and over again. Until oh, my God, yes. But like, or like Civil War or Endgame or whatever. I could just like endlessly rewatch. But like there's certain things that like, yeah, am I feeling the Incredible Hulk today? I don't know. Uh, you know, so like. I, I have, and I know we're yeah. way off. We're way off Star Wars, but I have way a off. cap. I have a cap six pack. Uh, cap one, the Avengers. Uh, Winter Soldier, uh, and then the other two, and then uh, Civil War, and then Infinity War, and then Endgame. Yeah. Gives you kind of everything that you need yep. for Phase One. If you had to cut out everything else, you can you can cobble it together by watching those six movies. Mm -hmm. 
end of me talking Agreed. about Marvel. But yes, that's Agreed. Charlie. That is Charlie Six Pack. Hashtag Charlie Six Pack. Go ahead and watch that deal. I endorse Perfect. it. Uh, we already talked about Empire being your favorite. Any other top favorites that you have in Star Wars media? Like favorite show, maybe instead of movies. Um, blah, 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 blah. um Mando in particular, season two was a favorite. Mm. Um, yes. they kind of lost me in season three, it didn't really blow me away. Um, Rebels was great, uh, for me from end to end. Um, mm. Rogue One was unstoppable as a film, best thing that, in my opinion, that Disney has done since they took over the property. Um, I, I won't say flawless because there's no such thing, um, mm. but as, as as close to it as they have gotten. Um, and then, of course, you know, I love my volume one of Marvel Star Wars, even as dumb as it is. Mm. You know, I can't let go of, you know, my childhood wrapped up in that series and, you know, the, the kind of wacky things they were doing. Because, again, they had no other lens by which to tell stories they were they weren't going for continuity they weren't necessarily thinking about what happens between this and that and how does it affect the overall storyline they were just telling wild science fiction stories and some of them were really out there um mm -hmm. so i would encourage those are available um actually on marvel unlimited in the united states not canada sorry mark um but you can probably you can probably find some of them on comiXology unlimited or in your local comic shop always shop local that's something that we definitely believe in here at, here at secret friends unite um mm -hmm. go out and explore those they they exist in various trade paperbacks they are fun weird stories the first 50 or 60 issues are a little iffy for mm -hmm. me but uh, because they're kind of pre-Empire uh, Strikes Back, but the Empire to Jedi, and then a nice long stretch after Return of the Jedi that they tell mm. stories probably for the last, I'm going to say, 30 issues. They're telling stories post-Return of the Jedi. Some of those are really kind of crazy uh, and fun. So I, I would recommend them. Cool. For me, Return of the Jedi always stands out as my favorite movie. I also love Force Awakens. Really love that one. Um Revenge of the Sith, that like I just I always just I can watch that endlessly for the this this the emotion, this the the lightsaber battle. Um it's it's just yeah, I love um I love going back to those ones. Uh I also Mando obviously is a big one for me and and I know I asked movie or show, but I also have to throw out the Jedi series, Jedi Survivor. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, especially Survivor. Cal Kestis just kind of came into his own as a character. The game was just flawless. I think it's my game of the year this year. Yeah, yeah. and that's saying something when there's a Zelda game out, and uh, it's it's phenomenal. Um, which leads me into the next question I was going to ask is some favorite characters. So Luke, Mando, and Cal, I think are probably top three for me. Gunji would be close up there, and Yoda, but. Um, Whoops. Hello. Yeah, I, Whoop, I lost you a sec there, bud. Little, you there? Lost. I am here. Okay, you're back. Three, two, one, go. Uh, yeah, so the character, that, that kind of leads into characters for me. Um, so for me, Luke, Cal, Mando, definitely favorite characters. Gunji would be up there. Yoda would be up there. Um, Obi-Wan, but like I always seem to come back to Luke and uh, and, and Mando, especially uh, lately. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in the last few years, just kind of elevated up there. But uh, but Cal, man, instantly Cal and BD as a pair, just like yeah, 
I hear you. So close to my heart now uh, after spending so many hours with them in those games. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Han Solo, yeah. I know. Yeah. Han, uh, it, it's a cosplay I love. And again, Harrison Ford, um, to me, and this is something my mother will, will, will deny, but I've always felt Harrison Ford was a uh, uh, kind of a beacon uh, of my father because I think they look mm. a little bit alike. And, of course, growing up, you think, oh, my dad is my hero. That's very common. So I thought, well, Han Solo, he's a hero. He's Indiana Jones. He's Harrison Ford. Uh, and he's Han Solo. Um, Luke Skywalker, I was a blonde. I, I was a little blonde-haired kid when I was young. So I'm like, here's a guy who looks like me. But as I, con- as I continue to age, Obi-Wan is a character, not necessarily Alec Guinness, who is apparently not a great guy in, in real life, in his later life, to Star Wars fans he was apparently actually quite cruel to making little kids cry who said can i have your autograph making kids cry that's a pretty famous story about him but looking at ewan mcgregor uh who i just I actually just watched ewan mcgregor in dr sleep which was the sequel to the shining just wow. just over the weekend really great performance he he's a wonderful actor but watching his portrayal of, of obi-wan uh from 1999 which would be episode one I consider that to be somewhat of a bright spot of that film, though Liam Neeson was obviously really great in it as well. Watching him evolve through that prequel trilogy, again, I found him to be a bright spot. But I found Obi-Wan itself, and again, while I found, uh, or Kenobi, the, the limited series on Disney+, Plus uh, within the past year, while I found some elements of it to be problematic, oh, you're messing with canon, that's not really the time frame, I mm. found his portrayal of that once- mighty you know quick-witted you know shit-eating grin kind of jedi into a beaten down hey i'm working in a cannery and life sucks and this is all i got his portrayal of that character in advert you know after 10 years of just being like oh my this is all i got going for me and there's nothing is ever going to be better but i got Mm -hmm. i got to keep i got to keep living i got to keep fighting and then for him to say hey you know what here yeah I got to rise back up again. You know, the galaxy needs me. My friends need me. My my extended family needs me. Watching him rise up again, that's the thing I love the most about that series and about that character. Um, so I feel like of any character in Star Wars, and again, you could say, well, you know, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader had a greater arc of redemption, whatever it is. But I feel like I liked watching Obi-Wan feeling he was more like us like hey i'm high and now i'm low and how do i what do i do to get back up again and him finding his way throughout that series i found that to be uh compelling i really did enjoy mm-hmm. that yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i i yeah, love that series uh for sure yeah it was i love like i said any 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 kind of and the same kind of reason i i like the the nick fury uh in, yeah in secret invasion right it's that you're you think you're too old for this shit or you think you're beaten down or you think whatever <laughs> yeah. and it's just yeah. like no you know what i still got something left i yeah i, I can yeah. do this yeah um I, I like that that kind of uh parallel um light side or dark side charlie if you if you woke up with force powers you know i've always considered myself to be an agent uh, of good you know and and again in my life People who know me know that I've certainly been through a lot of struggles, a lot of tough times, but I have always pushed forward with optimism and with hope for a better future. It's probably why I love Star Trek as much as I do, because it speaks to the goodwill of humanity. The light side of the force speaks to the goodwill throughout adversity. So I am a light side guy. Ditto. Ditto, for sure. 
always, uh, always optimistic, uh, to probably an annoying extent. If you ask my wife, sometimes, uh, lightsaber color of choice. I actually don't know this one of you. Um, I never really give it that much thought. Uh, I do. The only lightsaber that I own is, is your hero saber. Your, uh, you basically your Anakin, Luke, Ray, blue saber. But I was, it's funny cause I'm looking while well, I had my desk flipped around, I'm looking at, I have the three classic trilogy, um, posters in front of me. And the only one that has a lightsaber ignited by Luke is the return of the Jedi poster. And it's blue which it's, it's not, obviously it was an early piece of artwork. So I loved his green saber. I'm an Irishman. We love green. It's our thing. Um, so I can't really decide between the two. Um, but again, those are, they're, they're very classic. They're very uh, virtuous um, representations of the good that Jedi do. So um, I would probably end up choosing a green if I was to purchase another saber off the rack. I'd probably I'd probably grab that Return of the Jedi Luke saber if I was to grab one because I like that color green. It ain't easy being green, but he found a way to do it. Fair, yeah, and I I, I think I've told this this story on the show a few times, I think, but I'll I'll recap it in case no one's or any someone listening that hasn't heard it. Uh, when I was in Galaxy's Edge building my own saber, I thought. For weeks, months, as soon as I found out I was going to build my own saber, I was racking my brain. I've always loved Luke's green saber, but to build my own, what color was I going to pick? And I knew it wasn't going to be red, so it was down between purple, blue, and green. And really, it was between blue and green. They were the two that I kind of narrowed it down to and the two that I kind of really felt like that drawn to for different reasons. Uh, and I ended up, they ask you to close your eyes and they, they ask you which color you can see. And I swore up and down that they, there was a green light shining somewhere. My wife was behind wow. me, not building a saber. And she said, no, it was pitch black. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face, let alone a green light shining somewhere. So don't know what that was. Uh, so I grabbed a green crystal as soon as it was presented to me because I saw the color green very, very vividly and very clearly. But wow. the force had a different uh, idea for me because my lightsaber build was not a perfect build. The first, uh, the inner hilt where you actually put the lightsaber, the battery was dead or something went wrong with it. So nothing worked at first when I was building. Then there was some trouble uh, fitting the emitter cap onto my lightsaber. So when I took it out and ignited it for the first time, the emitter cap actually wasn't on. So I didn't have a fully built lightsaber. So the person, the Disney cast member came up afterwards and said, Hey, I know that wasn't a great experience and you paid a lot of money for it here. Pick any other crystal that you want. And I got my blue crystal. So I have my green wow. and blue. Wow. That uh, the force just made sure I owned, you know? Um, yeah. Say what you want here. about Disney, but that is, and again, I've not been to Disney park since I was 15. So it was long before anything that we experienced, but they are, they are renowned for their commitment to customer experience. Um, oh, yeah. it, it, it's it's staggering it, it's a model by which any other model can be based upon is my understanding yeah. so i you know say what you want about disney but yeah. that is that that is phenomenal that is phenomenal that's a great story yeah the uh and I, another disney story revolving around star wars so we went there for our honeymoon and the, the this was before galaxy's edge was built this was a few years prior to that and we were just going through the star tours Right. The, they had the single ride and they had a few props and this and that but through the queue. 
for extra long queues when it's really busy in the summertime or whatever, um, you'd go through this long kind of hallway stretch at where, where there's posters and original artwork and all this kind of stuff from like the old original releases. So probably the poster with a miscolored lightsaber, early yeah, concept sure. art of like the droids and this and that, and whatever. Um, the bad thing is if you go in September, uh, middle of September when it, it's not busy, the lineup queues are shortened. So you don't get to see all that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boy. Me being a big fan was like, peering over and people are like passing us in the line and and yeah. i'm like peering over to try to get and the guy that was just kind of like standing watching the line or whatever was like do you do you want to go in there and it was like i had yeah. this basically this museum of concept art and posters to myself as long as i wanted to wander through these hallways of this like q slash museum exhibit of all this star wars memorabilia and stuff and the guy just opened the gate, like the velvet, the, the velvet rope. Yeah, it's letting you into the VIP. So it was a champagne room. Just boom. You go, bud. when you're ready to come out, get my attention. I'll come over and let you out. And you can jump back in the lineup and go enjoy your ride. And that, I just like that is exceptional. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's and I wish at that point that I knew, because there are some things where you can like say thank you to this cast member or call certain people out. And I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And I wish I did because I would have got that guy's name and like praised him and thanked him. But yeah. You know, um, if you know who was working that in 2016, that Star Wars line in the middle of September. <laughs> thank you. If uh, you're out, if you're out there, we, we salute you with that. Announce. Awesome stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite? I know you're not a big lightsaber guy, but do you have a favorite like lightsaber design is it that hero saber or Luke man saber? I, I i just don't because I, I you're right i don't focus on that quite the way that, that you and a lot of our other uh guests have but yeah i have that here that hero design um i i and and i really do you know it's it's the classic it's the enduring <laughs> style uh that goes throughout so yeah i've never really explored um you know we're gonna be uh in orlando Next February, I don't know if we're going to make it down to Galaxy Edge. We have a pretty packed itinerary because we're turning around and getting on the Star Trek cruise, which ports out of there. Right. Um, so I'm hopeful, but I'm not sure because we also have we have a wedding in Vegas for my best friend from high school the week, the same weekend. So we're going from Grand Mercy. Rapids to Vegas to Orlando on a boat and then back again. So I, I don't know the Galaxy's Edge is going to end up being a part of it. So someday, oh, yeah. someday, yeah. You, wow. you know, you, you can only do, you only have much. So I'm very fond these days of saying you only have so much bandwidth for so much stuff. And I might, I might not have enough bandwidth for Galaxy's Edge in that moment. So, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, no, the, the Hero Saber does it for me. I've not, you know, it's in my closet in its box. I've not really suited up in Star Wars in quite some time. I'd love an occasion to do it. Mark, you ever find your way to the USA? I could hook you up with some friends that we could have you, and I've got photographer friends who could do a great photo shoot anywhere. Name the Beautiful. time. We can make All it right. happen. Sounds, sounds fun. We were, remember uh, my, my wife's uh, cousin opened an arcade in washington i want to say i think washington state uh oh it's way over the west coast but yeah, she, yeah. so so we were saying that it'd be fun to go to go visit them and maybe kind of drive down and see some of the national parks on the west coast and all that kind of stuff oh god and, yes yeah she, she wasn't sure where you and todd lived so she was like is that any close to where 
those not, two not, live. And not, I was like, not at all. Not but we, even we, remotely. We would find like, that. Uh, that's how that is out where John lives with John or other or yeah. other best. That that would be an occasion to go out that way. I've always wanted. I haven't been to Seattle in many many years, but they have one of the biggest, uh, one of the kind of big the, the monster five comic cons. Emerald mm. City is out in Seattle, and you know the big five yeah. being you know New York, Dragon Con. Um, now I'm drawing a blank. San Diego, obviously, but yeah, one of the monster cons is out there in Emerald City. So I would love to plan something like that. That would be incredible. And yeah. Washington State is unparalleled in its beauty. It's probably very much like like Vancouver, BC, because it's the same stretch of yeah. land. Yeah, yeah, right, right next to. Them. That's that's where, yeah. where the arcade. I was like, they are so close to Vancouver, or yeah. BC, or whatever. Um, so we are mapping that out. I don't know if it's gonna yeah. happen or anytime soon or whatever. It's you you let us you let us know. I you know a- April and I, especially since we're empty nesters, we're very we're very avid in our travels, and so yeah. we're happy to hop on a plane and go someplace. So you just let us know. Sweet. We're Sweet. down. I think we kind of know. Like I'd choose to hang out with either the Jedi or space pirates. I think you'd go rebels if you could hang out yeah. with the group. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm really, I'm really down with uh, with the X-wing squadron. Uh, mm. The OC that I created as a cosplay character uh, is a is a colonel in the Rebel Alliance, and he's a flyer, runs oh. a squadron, uh, and then subsequently, after the fall of the uh, of the Empire, he joins the New Republic as the Secretary of Defense. So it's just the uh, very very high level dude. But again, I wrote a whole backstory for him. You know, much like Biggs Darklighter, he started out young ideal joined the imperial navy figured out what they did and then jumped ship mm. um but was a very high level dude so yeah i love that i and i had i i've never really completed my x-wing jumper because i can never really get a jump through the fits but i have i have the helmet mm. i have some of the bits and bobs like the the you know the the chest pack and the hose and stuff i've just never never really gotten back to it what's tough is that because i'm not really part of the cosplay community outside of the Star Trek stuff that we do for charity and, and for the Grand Petoskey. Uh, so I don't, I just don't have an occasion to really do Star Wars cosplay anymore, which is unfortunate, but I, I would love an opportunity, just love yeah. an opportunity to, to suit back up or to or find a reason to squeeze back into that. So we'll for see. Sure. Uh, so the last thing I want to ask you is, do you have a favorite Star Wars collectible item, something that Man, in your collection that's like, it's, is it the frame of comic? You know, it's tough, and that's probably it. Because, again, I don't have a lot of the toys because I had them. I probably gave them to my son, uh, my oldest son, uh, when he was of age because he dug it, and then they just kind of got scattered to the mist. My mom saved a lot of that stuff. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. You know, I live in the house I grew up in. The room that I had built my studio in was the the playroom, for lack of a better expression, when I was a kid, I you know we moved in this house when I was nine years old. When uh, I would bring my son here when he was young, this was still the play area. My you know my other son when when he was born also bring him here. So the toys just kind of you know dissipated over time. But yeah, without a doubt, that nice framed I don't know how crisp it is copy of Star Wars sixty five Galrath never forgets is upstairs on the second floor of my house right outside the bathroom. <laughs> it's. It's on the wall, and right below it is a copy of Indiana Jones: The Further Adventures of Indiana Jones, issue number one, uh, written and drawn by John Byrne, who is my favorite comic book creator. So, will always be very precious to me. Nice, nice. Uh, mine, I already talked about it. It's a, the lightsaber that I built. I think would be my 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 top choice. Um, I love, I, and I didn't answer the the favorite lightsaber design, but I love. Uh, Gunji's wooden lightsaber mm-hmm. and Tenelka from Legends. I always loved her Rancor tooth design. 
Uh, I always thought that was like the most badass thing I ever heard. Um, so incorporating both wood and a rancor tooth into my own lightsaber was just like, yeah, that, that was like tops for me. That was, that was amazing. Um, the other thing I want to do tonight after these questions, I put it out to our discord group. Um, I asked some, some like hot takes. If anyone wanted our opinions on anything in star Wars. So we got a couple, we got the first one is from our old buddy, Todd. Oh yes. This is the worst character in star Wars. And he said, we couldn't pick Jar Jar. Do you have a worst character? First of all, as Todd knows, nobody tells me what to do. I'll pick Jar Jar <laughs> if I want to, but could, you know, you know, for for the sake of diplomacy, if I was to go beyond that, jeez, I mean, Palpatine was pure evil, completely driven. Oh, worst that way. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, worst as far as the most most villainous. I yeah, I guess I would look at it through that lens because he was the okay. complete id of of greed of uh racism of 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 xenophobia um and of uh, i mean everything everything that he did was calculated towards his aims he was he was a very complete mustache twirling villain in so much as his focus but again the layers by which you know you watch the 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 prequel trilogy from stem to stern you know he saw that you know he played the very long you know 13 year long game of like well, I'll set up this thing with the Naboo, and by leveraging that, that'll get me into power. And then in the 10 years in between, I'll manipulate this uh, Jedi Master to working with these cloners to make an army, and then I'll manufacture a reason that this army has to be used, and then I'll make these two armies fight, but I'll make the Senate acknowledge that it's necessary to engage an army to fight them. And then I control this army, but I've also programmed them that when I'm ready, I can flip a switch and they can wipe out my enemies and then I'll be completely in power. Holy shit. Who (laughs) that's incredible. That is incredible. So yeah, uh, I would say he's the worst as far as um, evil, um, but Mm. like a dumb character. I think that's what Todd was getting. I was more more yeah. of like a dumb character. So maybe maybe more, maybe uh, ja- maybe Jackson the Rabbit, which I just I have a figure. He's over he's over on my um on my figure shelf of the um my my Bonnie my Bonnie Hunter characters my ne'er do wells. He's over there, mm-hmm. um, but he he wasn't really enduring. You know, God, I have to look mm-hmm. look over these shelves. I there was a time I collected a lot of these characters, but I'm just looking over trying to see one that is just like, oh God, why did they bother with this one? No, that's the one I come up with. He was really dumb. I wasn't fond of of the the Dayglo biker kids in Obi in uh, in uh, Book of Boba Fett. No, but, okay, but I yeah, but yeah. I know a lot of people loved him. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna have to go with Jackson the Rabbit. But he was dumb, but he was also different. But he didn't really contribute anything, even though, you know, you saw him in that Marvel comic, which was negated as non-canon. But he came back in the um, in the, 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 the shorts, the short stories from uh, episodes four and episode five. I can't remember which story he was in, but I, I definitely read it. I think I listened to the audio book. It might have been from episode five um, because he was on Cloud City involved with the things peripheral to lando and then when the empire showed up and kind of getting into the third act of that film if i'm remembering correctly so yeah kind of a kind of a lousy 
scoundrel of a character. Right. I'm, I, I was like super tempted right away to, to say someone like Cad Bane to just piss a whole bunch of people off. Um, and I don't like, I, I don't think Cad Bane is a terrible character. I think I'm, I'm happy with how Cad Bane, you know, like people are like, he's not dead. I want him to come back. And I'm like, yeah, screw it. Kill him. Um, looks, looks dead to me. Is it, I just, yeah, I just like, I've, I've seen enough. That's fine. Um, but I'm not going to say he's one of like the worst characters ever. I am going to say, I think like, um, who the, the, when they added the music scene to Jedi, like, oh, you're, you're talking singles about, and, uh, it the, was, the, the, oh God, who was the, it was the, oh God, he had a name of, dun, 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 oh my God. That's um, one for Google. Yeah, unnecessary ads. Yeah, if you look at if you look at the right. special editions as a, a whole, you know, maybe not a person, but I would say the worst ad to that in mm-hmm. episode four is the run up to um, to Mos Eisley, and it was much worse in '97 as opposed to the digital releases we got in 04 and then i think again they may have released it later on but it was in 04 that they oh they digitized it and tried to to shake it down but boy back in back in 97 when they cranked that out it was the most video game looking bullshit that you can imagine it was gross it was really really and pointless you didn't need anything more than like okay they're driving into the town and then they get to the cantina it was it was a chance. It was basically digital whacking off for George, and it was it any, was poor. It was it was in poor form. Stuff, I, any of that stuff, I, whatever. I just the 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 song in Return of the Jedi when they're in Jabba's palace and all this action is about to take place, and then they just break for like three minutes of a song in a made up language, and then he finally pulls a thing and the chick falls down in the rancor pit, and it's like, gee, you could have got to that way sooner, like you used to. Well, well um, yeah, like, that, like there was there was absolutely nothing upon yeah, that scene that was yeah. like, oh man, you know what? This shit needed a musical number with a ridiculous bunch of CGI characters, and yeah, it's just George. Take that, and then you you stick uh, zero the hut. I think uh, on top of oh, that, and I think oh, you have my yeah. my least favorite characters in Star Wars. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, gonna, you I'm nailed it. I wasn't wasn't even thinking about that. Zero yeah. the hut. Your tr- your Truman Capote <laughs> of the huts is just it's not happening. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so the next and the last question that we have: weirdest thing in Star Wars you want more of? I'm not sure if I have one of for I this. I just uh, don't think so. No, I can't think of something. Okay, so um, I'm gonna. I will say like weird as far as like when I first watched Star Wars, I didn't expect it to go like this, but I liked it. So weird. I'm going to say um, the world between worlds, which it looks like we're going to see again in live action for this time with, with Ahsoka. There's a couple of things in the trailer that you're like, is that, is that what I think it is? Uh, Or uh, the stuff with, with um like the the force the force family the brother sister father uh sides of the force yeah from uh, uh, from clone wars yeah um, yeah that that stuff when when star wars went real weird and really uh you know gods personified and all this kind of stuff because watching star wars if you watch the original trilogy it's like a very grounded very realistic i know there's the force and there's this and that but 
like it, the force is just kind of like you know it, hey it's a force everyone it's kind of flows through everything and you can move yeah. some shit with it right yeah and yeah it is mystical and magical and there's that bit of like that kind of is what separated it from like star trek and this and that and that was yeah, kind yeah. Of more grounded in realism but it was still kind of like this the technology was like kind of gritty and weird looking and very used looking it wasn't all yeah, shiny big time. and everything else so there wasn't for me anyway watching the originals or watching most of the movies like there wasn't that like mysticism and i know we eventually even saw force ghosts but i never really thought about like the gods of this world or like you know a multiversal world between worlds and time travel and this and that and i guess like it makes sense it works but like not something i would have thought of watching the original trilogy way back when but it's weird and i love it yeah right so yeah I think that's i think that kind of counts into this question the weirdest thing in star wars because it's it is weird man but i i love it i dig it i want to see more. yeah yeah i hear you i i'm always looking to push the envelope um because again in storytelling and again uh, you know it, it it falls back to not only the the massive complainers of in the star wars fandom star trek as well like oh you know I hate this new thing. This new thing is, you know, it's challenging my this and that, or it's too woke or blah. And in Star, and in Star Trek, that's particularly hilarious because Star Trek has been woke since 1966, having an Asian and a black woman on the bridge of their ship. What the hell do you want? Um, yeah. But yeah, to say, oh, well, I'm challenging my perceptions because, oh, now the, the hero is a woman with fantastical powers. Oh my God. You know, uh, I'm always interested to see them push the boundaries in a way mm-hmm. that is not pushing the boundaries for pushing boundaries. Say, give me a story, give me character development that is logical and exciting. Um, and in a lot of ways, that is weird because we live in this fan servicey kind of of space where mm-hmm. they just want to appease. You know, some of Kenobi was great storytelling, but some of it was kind of fan servicey. You know, it's like, okay, well, mm. we gave you we gave you the story, but it's like, oh, we gave you a Vader and Obi-Wan duel, but that's that's really contrary to canon, but it's fan service. Mm. If you look at the expression of fan service altogether, uh all of this is being made for people that enjoy it, and that's the service. So <laughs> yeah. Where's the rub? That being said, there is still a way to go too far. You know, when you push it, when you push it too much. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> so to answer your question, I don't know. Um, but yes, I would. I, I'm good with weird, and I'm good with different. Just give me stories uh, that matter, that are well told, mm-hmm. and then characters who have a purpose, and then follow, you know, an arc from A to B to C. Um, in a way that is meaningful. Um, so it's it's the antithesis of weird. I just want storytelling. The, the weird is fine. <laughs> Get as weird as you want as long as it's good. Yeah, true. There we go. True. I like it. I like very, it. Very that's, subjective. Uh, fantastic, man. That's uh, that's good. Well, I, I liked I, – we've been doing this for 69 episodes, and I learned some stuff about my friend Charlie tonight. So I hope everyone listening learned some stuff about us. If you yes. have some questions, if you want to know our hot takes, 
ask away join our discord please uh, hit us up on social media we'll tell you when or where in uh, in about two seconds but i want to hear people's questions we always have room for those on this show and we can always answer them uh here or in the discord or whatever and have a conversation so uh with that thank you for listening charlie tell people where they can find you Absolutely. Hey, folks, uh, this has been great. Thank you uh, for tuning in. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter or X at the C3. Just spell it out. Uh, my lovely wife, April, and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is one of the biggest chapters of Starfleet, the international Star Trek fan club. We are located here in West Michigan, but I do actually run Region 13, which is Michigan and Eastern Canada, which includes Mark. Uh, I got him to watch the Star Trek. I was very excited about you it. did. <laughs> you said I've been talking about that i thought it was good uh yes yeah, so we will we will do that we'll have a little special where we just we get mark's mark's take on lower decks but anyway if you're a trucker within the sound of my voice uh either in those spots or otherwise find us at uh grandpetoskey.com uh drop us an email uh and i will help connect you with trekkers in your area mark what about you you can find me everywhere at the underscore Canardian. I'm not on X as much anymore, but I still check it from time to time. And you can find me mostly on Instagram threads or in the Secret Friends Unite Discord group. Discord. Awesome friends. One last time, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. May the force be with you. Rex, play us out. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening. <laughs>